0: Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast. And today I have the pleasure of having on Ty Cobb Backer of TC Backer Construction amongst other companies. Um, so, do you want to say what those other companies are real quick?
1: Yeah, we can do that. Uh, obviously, we have TC Backer, uh, which is a roofing side of Gutter Solar Company. And then we have Horizon Lawns, which uh, we do a lot of commercial uh projects there sod sod landscaping hardscaping um overseeding hydro seeding all, all kinds of things like that for residential and commercial pro- projects um we have a uh, a real estate side of things where we buy sell hold flip uh properties and then i have what's called the rocket group um named that after my son or not our youngest yeah our youngest son uh, rocket rocket john and uh that is like a holdings company where we run like the building that we're in right now uh, i bought it in the name of rocket group lease it to tc backer construction for, you know uh income for the rocket group each month so um right now oh and i am the co-founder of lead scout app which i don't put that out there either Trying to think of anything else i used to own in a motorcycle shop but i i sold that a couple years ago and uh I give
0: a, like a two minute breakdown of i know it's a lot of stuff in two minutes but just to <laughs> give an overview for people where'd you come from hmm. and then how'd you get here like just a two like short two minute version of like the the timeline
1: the timeline um Okay. So we're a first-generation roofing company. Um, that's, that's kind of been the vehicle for, for everything else that we're involved with right now. So I come from a long line of carpenters, my grandfather, uh, my uncles, my, my father. But uh, by trade, my father is not a carpenter. He's, a, he's an engineer. So I've always had the background of, of this stuff here. I grew up in a bar room. I attended bar catering Grew up in the restaurant business. Uh, hospitality. And on the weekends, my dad in evenings had us building stuff, catering kitchen, the actual bar, apartments, things like that. He did that kind of on the side. He never stopped. So uh, got in some trouble when I was younger, moved to York County, got involved with my brother-in-law and his best friend in a siding business. I uh, worked for him for for several years at, at a young age, I think from like when I was 23 to probably 30 ish and then uh, left him and started tc backer construction and never really looked back and that's the two minute sugar-coated version of kind of how we got here
0: um why did you decide because you guys are on the bigger side and we won't go into numbers or anything like that but like um for a lot of construction roofing companies in particular um but Mm -hmm. When did you decide that you wanted to go bigger?
1: It's funny you say that um because when I worked for my brother-in-law our our dream at that time was to be like the largest siding you know company in the area and uh over time I think his dream changed and uh, my my dream was still to be you know uh, a pretty sizable you know roofing and siding company back then we we did siding predominantly and uh you know so we parted ways and when we parted ways i was pretty frustrated with the way that we parted ways and, and patrick bett davis just came out with the book can't quite remember the name of it but it, choose the, your enemies
0: the, wisely yeah choose, choose your, your enemies, enemies
1: wisely so how tc backer construction got built was out of a resentment so yeah. uh for several years i was Filt with piss and vinegar that, you know, I, I, helped him build, um, you know, an empire and I'm going to leave here and I'm going to build a dynasty. Right. And that was my exact words. I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to squash him. Um, and hopefully he doesn't listen to this and get pissed off, but, but whatever, he's still doing his thing. I'm still doing my thing. He's still at the size he was, um, I'm sure he's very profitable. He's taking care of my, my sister my nephew and and uh those people there and that's really all i can pray for that they're doing well and i know they are and then that almost killed me right living living that way and 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 having that being the driving force because not that i was doing things wrong um and not doing it the right way but the stress that it was was on me physically and um you know i'd work 16 hour days seven days a week and and did that for several years, which I really feel like we wouldn't be where we're at today if I wouldn't have put in that type of of, of work ethic into what it was that we were doing. Just, and we to, did.
0: just to give people a
1: synopsis
0: of that new Patrick Bet-David Bet book, it's talking about choosing your enemies wisely. And It's talking about how you need an emotional element to charge up your goals. And having a good enemy sometimes, it does that. It's just... I always try to understand, is it toxic fuel? You know, like, and that's what I try to understand, because also yeah. you and I are, uh, not to out yet, but we're both in recovery, I think. Um, like, I, I certainly, like, am trying to um, watch how many resentments that I that I live with on a regular basis. And I do have them, and they do, they are pretty useful fuel sometimes, yeah. though, which is, it's confusing because it's it does drive you so it's kind of hard to like not enjoy that a little bit basically
1: yeah yeah for sure and that's where that's why i was saying it you know it almost killed me it really did and i remember my mom had lived with us at that time back in those days and she had passed uh this february will be nine years so i'm trying to think back so that would have been probably 10, 11, 12 years ago. We were sitting at dinner one night. It was about 7:30 in the evening and I took her out. And at that moment, at that time in my life, that season of my life, I was, I, I was maxed out. I was stressed. I was, I had had been just beaten up and, and felt guilty because I wasn't spending enough time with my mom. Janet was taking care of my mom during the day, at point,
0: by the way, how old were you about I this?
1: I would have been 30,
0: 35, 37 ish. Okay. Like yeah.
1: Huh? Yeah. I'm 47 now. Okay. So I'm um, killing myself, right. And feeling guilty. I was about seven 30 at night because everything came through this. And I mean, everything, everything, emails, text messages, Service calls, I mean, everything, leads, all of it came through my cell phone at that moment. And uh, 7, 7.30 at night, phone rang, and uh, I, I red-buttoned it probably for the first time in my life. I was like, man, I, ju- I just can't handle it. I need to be present. And my mom looked at me, and she said two things that that aren't very mind-blowing, but and we've all heard them. But at that moment, it just hit differently, and she was like, Ty, life is too short. Right, and we've all heard that, but it never really meant anything until you're sta- sitting there across the table from your dying mother. Mm-hmm. Right, it just hit differently at that moment. And then the second thing she said to me—it's giving me goosebumps right now. She said, "You need help." And and her being an entrepreneur, and I watched the the bar, bar restaurant industry basically kill her because she—they were open 365 days a year. This year was their 41st year of being opened on Christmas morning. So my dad my dad now has retired and uh semi retired I should say and and manages the bar and the restaurant full time now retired from his mechanical engineer job and now does that has been doing that for for quite some time now since she's passed and even before that, she moved in with us. So uh, she was with us for four years. So he did that for a long, has been doing that for a long time. But when she said those two things to me, I went on a mission to find help. I knew at that moment that I needed to surround myself around good people, people that I could first and foremost, I didn't really care what their skill set was or what level of, of education that they had. I just knew that I was mediocre at everything that I did. I was wearing 15 hats, right. That, that at, at, at one point at created 12 full-time jobs, literally as I went on a mission and don't get me wrong. Jana was there. Perry was there. Kim was there. We had people right in place, but, but I was teaching them how to think, you know, and not necessarily what to think on their own. You know what I mean? Like they were all kind of sitting around waiting for me to tell them what to do. Like they, they weren't making decisions and command command on their own. They were all kind of just not sitting around, but you know what I mean? Like they were waiting for me to point them in the right direction or, or give them their daily task and stuff like that. And, and I had learned a hard lesson on leadership, what, like what true leadership is and to surround yourself around people that are smarter than you in areas that I may not be so strong in or don't have time for, um, or, not educated. And so I went on a mission, I started to find people and it didn't happen overnight and we're still looking for good people. And before we got on this podcast, we were talking about some things, Tim and, 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 uh, what we need to to do is, is find people who compliment us in areas of our life. And John Stalford he was a great example uh, of that. And, and many other people, Glenn and, and Chris Baker and Mike, Ippi and Vic and all those guys all compliment what we do very well because they have their strengths in what they do on lockdown, like mm-hmm. on marketing, sales, plan, uh, production management, Vic, AV, Mike Ippi, IT. Like those are their guys. Yeah, I was going to
0: ask you, how do you not burn out? It sounds like we're like, that's kind of what this is. You have to get other people that you can trust to one, make decisions, think separately from you and make, you know, make real decisions. And then like people that are really good at other stuff that you're not good at, Mm -hmm. certainly it is weird how running a business forces you to do so many different things. Like don't run a, do not start your own business. If you're not willing to do a bunch of shit poorly, Because it is, it requires you to do so many things that you cannot be good at all of them. There's just, just don't start a business. Because like as a craftsman, let's say like if you were back in the day doing siding yourself, you can get so good at it that like, man, no one can mess with you. You're just that good at siding. And when I used to make websites myself, all the little details of it, like I was very proud of the way I did it personally. And then... To the, there's just been, when, when we've been growing, right? We've been growing, you've been growing. There's just moments where you have to let go. And it's not going to be perfect, but you have to figure out how to make it pretty good and let go because there's just, you're never going to grow if you can't let go of some of it. Any other lesson? I mean, obviously, that yeah. was an emotional moment with your mom. Is there anything else that like yeah. was like a, a important letting go moment that you could share with us?
1: An important letting go moment. Well, you know, the biggest part in that was is the moment I started to let go, we started to explode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I'm screaming from the rooftops, go, 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 grow, grow, grow. And I'm, you know doing this, not even realizing I got three fingers pointing back at me that I was the issue. I was the issue. I was the bottleneck. And and what the problem was, was the six inches between my ears saying foolish things to myself like no one can do it as well as I can do it. And, and, or I don't have time for them to figure out how to do it. And all these stupid things that I would say to myself when at that moment I was totally burned out. I was mediocre at everything that I did. I could not excel and, and the quality of my, my personal life and my professional life was suffering very badly. So I think the improvement of, of, of my personal life um, was drastic. It improved incredibly. And then of course um, I was probably much easier to be around at work as well, you know, cause I wasn't so stressed out because I was high strong. I'm still high strong. And uh I was able to actually start working on the business and making it fun, not just for me, but making it fun for other people. And and I I typically manage things or run things very personally, right? So you had asked me a question before we went live and it's like, well, how how did you get as big as as you are today? Um, and and I still look at things like we're we're still just getting started. And I think that's one way of uh, and. I feel that because of all the new things, new technologies, the new areas, the new locations, new new team members that come on. The team, they keep it fresh. They keep it real for me. But when somebody comes to work here, they're our responsibility now. Not just them, but their wife, their kids, their families are now our responsibility. So what am I going to do? How are we going to stay busy enough because we're you know most most people think we're a seasonal business but we tend to slow down over the winter months there's recessions there's economic concerns there's interest rates there's inflations there's all of these things things that that play into you know what can affect what i call the tc backer economy because i feel like our economy is different than than the global economy we can get into that topic later Hey guys, this is Bruce Biden. And when dealing with insurance companies, you definitely need an expert by your side. So if you need someone to walk in, hold your hands throughout the insurance process, not really, Max. Build the experts, supplement experts.
0: You can hold my hand. Um, No, I, I love that. I love talking about that because I think like. We all make our own economy, man. We all make I'm planning on growing. I think that mm-hmm, honestly, for sure. Ty, I think in this next six months, I hope, honestly, I kind of hope. Not in a negative mm-hmm. way towards other businesses, but I kind of hope we're gonna scrape a bottom. I think mm-hmm. I, I've been saying this. I think that we're in a spot where the recession has been worse than we'll acknowledge. Mm-hmm because there's been such rampant inflation and the inflation has been covering up the massive recession that we're already currently in. And I think that we'll hopefully feel some realness to the recession in the next six, like some more like crunchy negative stuff. But then once we really feel it, once we really have it, once it's hitting us in the head, then we have an opportunity, hopefully, to actually come out of it. That's what I—that's what I'm kind of hoping, and I hope by the end of the year we're we're actually coming out of it and we're on the way yeah. up. That's yeah. really what I'm hoping right now. But in but in my business, I'm going to grow my business mm-hmm. because for sure my business is I, I believe because we take such massive action and we deploy resources boldly and with risk, with risk to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is entrepreneurship, but just continuing to risk it, right? We just couldn't mm-hmm. keep on doubling down, man, on ourselves and on like the people around us that we've hired that we believe in. For sure. And so I would like to grow, even though I do believe that we're gonna experience a little harsher recession for a little bit here.
1: Yeah. I believe. Well, I feel like there's, this is a great topic and some people might think I'm crazy or whatever, but I feel like there's, there's two economies. Okay. There's, there's our economy and then there's like the global economy. And, and I feel like TC Backer has went through their, their, their recession already. And, and let me explain to you my, my theory behind this is because Back in 2019, I feel like that's when, our, that's when our recession began, and that's when I started to prepare for it. And I've been talking about recession probably a little too prematurely, um, but I think it's worked out to our benefit. And the reason why I say that is because 2020 hit, the first quarter of 2020, we hit a pandemic. Uh, we, we were affected by a pandemic. The state of Pennsylvania was closed down for the entire first quarter. Okay. So things went. Like this whether it was um you know um housing people were buying stuff the government was giving money out and that's where the mirage began that's where the recession began whether people know it or not and i called it a mirage um but what we were experiencing was this shortage of materials inflation on materials which everyone else is feeling now inflation and and shortage of labor right so we'd have to pay people 80 dollars an hour to just show up on the job Um, we were paying twice the amount for shingles um, if we could get them and if we couldn't get them we'd go across the street and get them where we didn't necessarily have an account so we've gone through all those things we were going through those things 2020 2021 2022 so what we had had experienced uh um, I would say in the beginning, probably the the first to the second quarter of 2022 was our correction because there's always a correction after mm-hmm. after recession. So we started to feel this correction where um, the housing market started to slow down. The government stopped giving money out. So things started to correct themselves, at least for PC backer, where you know, those shitheads that wanted to only come on a job site if they're getting paid 80 bucks a, an hour, we started thinning those guys out. <laughs> Um, supply and demand um, started to slow a little bit as far as, the, you know, the demand because and then supply started to catch up. So we, materials became more readily available for us. And meanwhile, like you had mentioned, we continued to keep doubling down on our marketing efforts since 2018, double down, 19, May double I ask down. How much percentage you spend on marketing? That's a great question. Um, and I, I can get to that in a little bit. So during a recession, isn't necessarily when somebody makes money. It's always on the backside of a recession when somebody makes when you make, when you start to make money. So as the global economy tanks, we're going to be in a financial position better off than I think most businesses in general. I don't want to just categorize the roofing industry, but most most businesses because everybody got caught up hubbub of, of everybody spending money everybody's got money well if you spend all your money during those times you haven't seen anything yet because it's only going to probably get worse mm-hmm. and if it doesn't great but be prepared for it to be bad <laughs> so on the back i feel like we're on the back side of it we went through our correction here and i hear you say all the time double down double down, double down. yes on some things marketing's always one that you should double down on um on other things maybe not necessarily because there are times that you want to remain um, cash flush, right? Well, I'll this, Like, honestly,
0: this is why I do like hearing real numbers sometimes. And that's why I was trying to ask you, but I won't, I won't do it. I won't do it. But like, for instance, with a, with a big company, with a large company, mm-hmm. I think you yeah. can spend, like, I suggest all the time, Roofers spend 5% of marketing. If I was past $20,000 though, I would consider ramping that back, right? Percentage-wise, like, can we make it two? Can we make it three? Because, and, and ultimately I would be pushing stuff like we're lead gen, right? Hook's lead gen. But if I was past that, I would really start moving my balance over. And I'm sure you're doing this, but like I've moved my balance over to brand, brand as much as possible, getting TC backer out there to the world, that the, the brand Versus the hardcore lead gen, because to me, all the deals are in brand because people all want quick fixes. So you can go sponsor this, sponsor that, sponsor this, sponsor that. And it's like free and open space because people aren't like, well, I'm going to get one. How many leads from this sponsorship of an event? It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. most people think that way. So if you can think the other way, you can make more, like basically like the long, longer term, slower, harder stuff versus the, like, I need to spend one to one. I need to, every lead needs to be $300, you know, versus the other thing. Not to say you shouldn't, you should do, you should always do a mixture of both in my opinion, but like the, the larger companies can spend a lower percentage and focus on brand. That's my mindset because, um. Ultimately, you get better deals for the longer term stuff. So, the, you know, mm-hmm. that's, everyone wants the quick fixes. So those are expensive.
1: Yeah, no brand is very important. I mean, brand is for longevity, right? If you want to be in the game for a long time, doesn't matter what industry you're in, you need to brand your stuff. And in and, and, and roofing, um, he who gets the most touch points usually wins, right? Like you want people searching TC backer, not roofer near me. And if you yeah. can brand yourself enough, where you have 10,000 visitors visiting your website a month, you, TC Backer, searching TC Backer, ultimately at the end of the day, that's what matters most, right? And and where the marketing comes in is is to rank you on the first page and and things like that. So there, and I think a lot of people don't understand the difference between marketing and branding. And, And branding is, you know, it starts with your team, right? Your team is a big part of your brand. When they're out there screaming from the rooftops, this is a great place to work or, hey, um, you know, we do roofing and stuff Um, that, that they're they're the face of your company in, in your local areas and stuff. And like you said, being able to sponsor somebody, this th- that's where like it's really hard to track the matrix or your ROI on that. But you can't get caught up in that because I've done that before. Like how many wow. times? Somebody called it, us from that one billboard It doesn't really matter because I don't, I couldn't tell you how many touch points, how many people drove past that billboard, how many yeah. times that day, how many times throughout the week, the month, the year that they've seen it. But what you're trying, when they, when they think of roofing or siding or gutter needs, you want them to think of you. Yeah. I think like,
0: that's why people get confused. Cause it's like, okay, well, yeah, you wouldn't do that if you're sub 2 million. Right. Or like even, you know, it might be hard for people to swing it because you kind of got to be able to like even under five right because you kind of got to be able to push some money in and not expect return immediately for certain things like that's a hard thing to do when you're a small business so that's why it's like when you're mature Mm -hmm. that's when you get to do that's when you want to just start Divvying out 20, 30 percent of your marketing budget for brand you just start with twenty or thirty percent and then you can slowly move it up as you get bigger because you see How much you're growing like it's really kind of like at the end of the day like I get it like we love digital, right? Because we know exactly what you know Facebook ad click lead. How much do we spend etc, etc? Google ad Lead how much do we spend? What's our closing rate? What's our, it's like, I get it. We all love that stuff. We all wish it was that perfect. But when it's not that, like when brand is out there, one, we see all those leads, the cost per lead go down, down, down. We see companies growing from doing branding. So it's like ultimately who, who's really growing in the area. And there's people that are doing this and they're growing and so it's, it's, it's a soft science. It's not like, I, I'm on the scientific side of marketing. I'm on the click and how much does it cost and whatnot. But I still believe like if, if you do it in a soft science, you're going to get better results. Like if you soft, if you, that's why I think, um, are you a, are you a spreadsheets guy? I'm sure you're good with money now, but like, are you naturally like a accountant brain
1: yeah, I think so. I, I think, oh, okay. you know. Well,
0: I am not. So I like ultimately, like I, yeah. I love oh, it. My... I mean, it's
1: not hard. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not hard to, uh, you, you know, keep track of money and and find out what an ROI is or a profit and loss statement. I mean, it's not, you, when you get into more elaborate accounting software, you know, no, am I a QuickBooks expert? No, I'm not. I'm um, not okay. sure exactly why that happened, but let me see if I can't get let's, that. Together. Let's,
0: pause, let's pause for a moment on content and we'll get this here we, go. here we go.
1: Um so okay, a couple couple of things. When you're early on in in business, that I looking back, if, if I reverse engineer this here a little bit, the the biggest thing that you need to focus on. Yes, you need to brand yourself. Yes, you need to market yourself and budgets are small. The hard thing is, is figuring out where you're gonna get your biggest bang for your buck, right? Where where, where am I gonna spend my $5,000 budget, right? That, that's gonna give us the biggest bang. Yard signs and truck wraps right out of the gate as far as branding goes. You, that's the first thing you need to do. Have have a yard sign that pops. I mean, we our yard signs are unique. Um, there are things that you can do. You can, you can pass out flyers, you can door hangers, business cards, but, but more importantly, what you need to focus on is, is networking, building partnerships and relationships. There are people that I've partnered up with and and have relationships with from day one, Eric Brewer, um, integrity first home buyers. He's an investor. Here locally, we do over 300 projects a year for him Mm
0: -hmm. in our local
1: area. I still do work for him today, and then because of his network of people that have mushroomed, other real estate offices, other investors across the country that we've created relationships with because of his network, and that's why you know if anyone ever says your your net worth is your network, you know, uh, financially, you know, or or professionally. And, and personally, like you would be in my network. So you are a part of my net worth because I am the sum of those five that I surround myself with. But on a professional level, you know, my net worth contributes a lot to my network of those that I've surrounded myself with and chose to do business with today, no matter what the economic climate is. Eric is mm-hmm. gonna buy self flip houses, doesn't matter if it's 8% interest rates or if it's at 2% interest rates. The higher the interest rates, the more houses that come on the market, the more foreclosures, the better off he's going to do. During a good housing market, he's going he's going to buy as many as he can and and sell them with, with maybe a, a little lesser margin. But whatever the case might be, but because of my network of people, my brand has gotten out there a lot further. Our reputation of of who we do work for and how good work of work that we do, you know, then our network becomes our brand because they're the ones screaming from the rooftops. Eric Brewer's like, you know, in all these Facebook groups, someone's looking for windows. Eric and his entire team is like, TC Backer, TC Backer, free roof inspections. Um, you know, whatever we have to do to get out in front of these realtors or investment companies has been a real good um, avenue. You know for relationship building for tc backer that that contributes like we made it through 2008 because of cr property group we wrote on their coattails and the people that that we were introduced to from those relationships so first and foremost i think you need to figure out like is there networking that you can do in your local area right join your local builders association i've been on the association i actually sit on the board Home shows, home shows are huge. If you're not doing home shows in your local area and going live while you're there, I don't care if it's from your cell phone. Our first home show, I had an iPhone 8. I was reaching more people outside the home show than were coming in the doors, but letting them know that we're here. Hmm. Okay, but that's another, so you've got, you're setting appointments, you, you're creating more touch points, you're creating your brand and you're getting out in front of the general public. Yeah. First and foremost. So then, when they see your truck, because they saw you at the home show, or when they see your yard sign, now you're no longer a stranger. You you are building trust. hmm Because trust and transparency and being honest is probably your biggest form of marketing and branding that you could possibly do, no matter what the situation is. You yeah. always do the next right thing, and that will carry you for decades. I love that, and I something I've always just
0: found interesting about you is that even though you're growing a lot um even though that you've you know created a business that's pretty substantial that you're a pretty humble guy um and it's kind of weird to have somebody say that to you because it feels weird or whatever but i appreciate it and i i'm taking it as an example and i want to be more like you um how do you stay humble and i i plan hey Ty, I plan to be fucking massively successful mm-hmm. um, and I and I, I but I want to keep on getting around people like you and I don't want to I don't ever want to get a weird ego about it. So. Mm-hmm. How do you stay humble as a, a pretty large business owner? And we we're saying this before the call, but like, you know how mm-hmm. people watching this will understand your people laugh at your jokes when they're not funny. Have you noticed mm-hmm. that? Uh mm-hmm. Sometimes people won't call you on your shit because you've got, you're paying a lot of people, right? You're paying, you have a bunch of people on your payroll and sometimes they're not, you know, it's not, you could see so the, the truth is, is we have to kind of figure out how to moderate, moderate ourselves, even though the people around us are not going to react to us. Like we're just a friend.
1: Yeah, no. And, and that's a great question, you, you know, cause it, it's so easy to get complacent and, entirely too comfortable and show your ass, right? I've done that too many times, especially early on in business. And and I think the biggest thing that sticks with me on a daily basis, right? Is, is don't forget where you come from, Bob. Okay. If you've been where I've been, if you have walked my shoes and have put yourself in situations that I've put myself in, you wouldn't be running around showing how or what color your socks are, right? Trying to, trying to keep this clean, the size of your socks Right. Yeah. Um, if if you have been where I have been and and I feel like that I've been given a second chance and that I'm on borrowed time, like, you know how you get those phone calls um, to extend your warranty? Well, I've been given an extended warranty and, and I honestly feel like there's a reason why I've been chosen to continue to be here and breathe air and I don't want to take that for granted not, not for one second, not for one day. Do I want to take that for granted? So why would I turn around and spit in his face? And I say his face and act like that. I did this when I really didn't do anything other than just show up every day and be consistent. Right. And, and I've learned through many, lots of trials, a lot of errors, a lot of failures. I can count, I don't know how many failures. I have 10x the failures, whether it be my behavior, financial mistakes, whatever it might be that you want to categorize up into failures. Then I do victories and wins. And that's why I stack small wins. I get, I open my eyes, win number one. I put my feet on the floor, win number two, right? I read some books before I leave. I stack those wins before I walk out the door. I arm myself so I don't go out there and act like a raving, arrogant asshole to the general public who's been so good to me, right? Because they, whether they know it or not, has given me, have given me a second chance, another opportunity to run a very successful business within this town at some point, maybe someday across the country. Yeah. Right. And what's cool about this is, is that if I can do this, anybody can do this. You just got to have the grit, the tenacity, keep your ego in yeah. check. And ego is an acronym for edging God out. The moment I start edging God out is when is when that ego starts to take over. But if I can keep right sized and don't forget where I come from. It's really easy to remain humble. Mm. I have a question for you. So
0: I like um, rewarding myself as a business owner. I also don't want to be one of those guys. You know, you see the cautionary tales in the roofing industry and in any industry really, but like roofing industry is kind of known for exorbitant, like excess, style, like just big, big flashy stuff. And then, then you see somebody who's like struggling financially and you're like, well, I could have empathy for you, but you really look like you've been spending a lot of money, <laughs> you know, for fun. And, mm-hmm. I, but but like, where's the balance there? Like, how can we enjoy our wins? Let's say if you knocked your, your revenue goal out of the park this past year, how do you enjoy mm-hmm. a win and kind of incentivize your executive team or something like that and do something fun? and And then how do you not... Make that like a burden, a financial burden on the company, I guess. And I don't know, maybe you don't like, I mean, I, I have that's a, like, you, you do, you spend money on like fishing or something like that, right? Like you have like a pretty cool boat rig yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, that's your thing. Yeah. Like, how do you find a balance between mm-hmm. like living it up and then like not being ridiculous to like hurt your company?
1: Yeah. No, that's a great question. That is a great question. I always look at it like this, Tim. How is it going to improve the quality of my life so I can be a better human, a better father, a better husband, a better business owner, a better leader, right? How is that going to benefit this? Like, let's say you need to buy a new house or not need to buy a new house, but, but the house that you currently live in right now, okay, is, is, is a bit small. It's cut up, doesn't have much of a yard, um, And, uh, you know, people can't come over to visit. You can't host parties. When you go home, you're just kind of like, you know, I'm sick and tired of this place, man. I just don't have my chi. When I walk in here, it's not very zenful. You know, I can't even put a pool in the backyard because it's so, so small or I'll never get the equity out of it that, you know, if I add an addition on the back. So, and, and I'm using this as, as a, as a true example of, the the torment that jan and i put ourselves through when we bought the house that we live in four years ago i looked at it as if i wanted a house that that wasn't going to make me house broke right something that we could afford because we lived very humbly we lived in the same place right on main street and over a 13 square foot home up to up to four years ago right and many people would come over and visit me and be like "Yo, what the fuck you live in here for I literally people would ask me why do we live there? It was, it was paid for. It was our house. We remodeled it several years before Jan and I. Um, it was our first house together. We remodeled it. I loved it, but we kind of outgrew it. We got more grandchildren. We were never able to host Thanksgiving there, Christmas, you know, birthday parties because it was so small and so cramped. So we went house hunting. And when we looked at that, we found this house, had a nice big backyard. We could put a fence up to let the dogs run free there. The quality of living would improve because we could leave them out more and run around freely in the yard. Um, We could put a back we in the backyard. We could put a pool in so then I could unwind. The grandchildren had a place to come and play. Our children, you know, would would have a place for their friends to come over and play, which in in the long run would make my heart happy make me feel more rejuvenated when i walked in the door and we kind of created our own oasis where I almost not necessarily feel like when I go home every night that I'm on vacation, but it gives me that sense of like relief from the day when I walk in my home. So to make the decision, can we afford it? That was easy to do. Hey, can we afford an extra $200 a month? Sure. We, we could definitely afford that. It's not going to put us in a bad spot. It's not going to put the business in a bad spot. It needs a little bit of work, but over time we can do it and turn it into our oasis, which it is today. Okay. Which in turn has improved the quality of my life where I rest better. My family has a place to congregate, right? Which then, you know, because at the end of the day, isn't it about family, mm-hmm. right? Our family, um, it starts there. We're able to provide for our family better, uh, it's a place for them to congregate. In, and at the end of the day, I rest better there. I sleep better there. I have peace there. So then when I leave my house in the morning, after I armor up to go out and kick adversity in the face, right? It's because I bought this house. I'm able to go out here and do that. And I know when I go out here, where I'm going to go and put my head on the pillow is my happy huh. place, okay? Now, fishing boat, always wanting to do it always wanted to do saltwater fish and have saltwater fish for about 15 years. Now this was an investment and I say that because if we had a camper that I had sold for four times more than what I purchased it for was able to buy a house in our very first boat okay and still had equity bought our first boat traded that in was able to to basically pay for the boat itself still have the house down there today, 10, 12 years later, still have the home down there. Each boat that I've bought, I had had so much equity from the first boat, Boat, right? So that doesn't mean you can't own a boat, but be smart about it. Mm -hmm. I've never had a boat payment. I've never had a house payment down at the beach because of the first investment, the first quality of life investment, the camper, right? The camper, why do you need a camper? Well, because I got to get away. I need to... Unplug, I need to recharge so I can come back here and conquer the world because high performing people like you and I, we need a place where we can go so we can level up, catch up on our reading, catch up on email, spend time, most importantly, with our family and be emotionally present with our family without the distractions, right? Because if the quality of our home life improves, the quality of our professional life is going to improve by default. I love that. Yeah. I agree. So, so when you look at it, when, when you're looking to, I mean, Louis Vuittons and fast cars and all that bullshit, I I'm not, I'm not, I it, it, did I buy Jana Louis Vuitton when we were over in uh, Dubai? Yeah, I did. Why we were in Dubai. Why? Cause I could. But, hey, by the way. Um, so I, I do have to wrap up here shortly.
0: Uh, but it's okay. Ty. Yeah. When, when are you going to Dubai again? I'm trying to go to Dubai sometime in the next, uh, I put it as one of my, I I put it as one of my soft um, goals. Like I've got real goals and then I've got some kind of silly ones. And one of my mm-hmm. silly ones in 2024 20, uh, is, is to go to Dubai. Um, so just saying, yeah. you know, if you think, if you're thinking about it later this year or something, maybe, uh, okay. maybe bring your boy along. Let's do a, let's do some video adventures or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get over there. We'll figure it out. If you truly believe in what you're doing and you want to be the best version of yourself and you want to build a great organization, there's no other place to do that
1: besides the roofing academy.
0: Um, but where do you think this is going, by the way, t- percentage-wise? I know we're not talking specific numbers. I know you guys are on the larger side for a lot of roofing companies. hmm Um, And I know you got a lot of other parts of the business. Are you trying to go 4x from where you are percentage wise? Where are you trying to go from here? Where's the vision?
1: So we went through our correction year, um, you know, with with inflation where we are experiencing that with our, our uh, labor and our materials. So, right now this past year we actually we actually did less in revenue but we our net profit was much more so again a part of the correction year. so where we didn't focus so much on the the amount of revenue as much as we did as the bottom line so now i feel like we can probably um at each location we we're currently now we have four locations now we have two down in south carolina one in greenville one in hilton head one in delaware and then one here in the great state of Pennsylvania. Um, So I have a figure on each one of them. So it's not quite like a a, a 10X, but we we are gonna do significantly more than what we did in 2023. So percentage wise, I would say it's roughly gonna be probably right somewhere between 25 to 35% more in revenue. Let's go. I'm excited to be huge. Ty, could you give
0: a little... wrap? This
1: this year is going to be huge. Um, Any
0: call to action that you have for us at the end of this?
1: Call to action? Like a nugget?
0: Yeah, or just like if you want to just say your guys' dot com or or, uh, anything else that you would love people to do here at the end.
1: I I got a little nugget that I thought about the other day. How about I share that? Yes, sir. With it being uh, a new year, 2024 is upon us and I think a lot of people mo- focus more on um you know adding things to their life and and improvements and and all of these new little things I think we need to focus a little more at least for myself personally on what can I remove to add more right mm-hmm. like so if I if I'm removing some things whether it be toxic people uh mindless scrolling whatever the case might be. It could be personally, it could be professionally. Let's think more, focus more on what we can remove today Mm. in our lives to become better parents, better leaders, a better company, um, a better motivator. What can I do to be a better human being? What can I remove from my life to be a better human being today? Instead of Mm. adding all the shit that I think people think that they need to add to their life moving into a new year.
0: Mm, Good word. I'm going to receive that. And I appreciate you being on today, brother. I'm always enjoying chatting with you, but it was really nice to be the interviewer here. Um, Excuse me, that we need to wrap up. Thank you everyone for watching and or listening. Podcast is put on by hookagency.com, hookagency all over social. And uh, Ty, so excited for you guys' year this year. I'm excited to watch what you're up to. I'm going to keep on watching you as a leader. No pressure. I want to learn from you. Um, I really, really, really do appreciate your attitude and your humility, even though you're growing a big company. And I, I I want to learn from that. Thank you, everyone, for watching.